shaming this for everybody Flip it and twirl it, let's strengthen that body From the sky to the pole, we gon' work out that body We talking hoes, this what we talk about it Welcome to the whole cast Where everybody can be a whole cast Info that you need to know We talk about a lot and shout out to my hoes Welcome to the whole cast Where everybody can be a whole cast Welcome to the whole cast Where everybody can be a whole cast Hello, you beautiful hoes. Thank you for joining this episode of The Hocast. My guest today is Colleen Jolly, and we spend a good bit of time talking about her new book, Mobility for Poll, and I get all the details about PollCon 2023. This episode is long, but I knew it would be because there is a whole lot to cover, and I think we just scratched the surface. Uh, So it's about two hours. So pour yourself a drink, get comfortable, and come along for the conversation. Thanks for being here, and I hope you enjoy it. So good morning, Colleen. Thank you so much for being on this episode of the HoCast. I'm very excited to have you as my third guest. Uh, You are at the top of the list of people to come on. So I'm glad that you're here. How are you this morning? I, I'm good, and thank you so much for for inviting me to be a part of this. I'm uh, I like to talk, so it's it's easy for me to just like blah 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 blah. That's perfect. Um, you like to talk, I like to listen. So do our listeners. So it's a match made in heaven, um, for sure. So you were on my list to be one of my first guests because there is so much to talk about. And um, I have a feeling that you might be a recurring guest simply because <laughs> um, there's so much on your end that I think our, our, my listeners need to know about. Um, so first, if, if somebody out in the poll world has never heard the name Colleen Jolly for like the four people out there, can you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your background in our sport? Sure. This is a, I got to work on my elevator pitch. I, I was, had to introduce myself last night and I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I will try. I will try. Uh, I started pole dancing about 11 years ago, um, on a lark with a friend. And in that 11 years, I have taught a lot of pole dancing. I have competed. I have performed, including twice with, uh, Uncle Snoop, as uh, many of us have, so that was that's been fun. Um, I, I love owned, him so much. He he's he's really chill and very tall in person. <laughs> very very tall. Even in my shoes, I was like, oh, geez, you're still tall. Um, I've I've owned my own studio. I've worked at several studios. I have a virtual studio now. I work with a bunch of companies within the pole community, helping them with marketing. Uh, I've written a book. I've helped some other pole folks with their book. I am I am the body in the pole anatomy book. Um, I opened our first trade association, the International Pole Industry Association, to help people, pole business owners. I started it during the pandemic because we really needed a lot of help and information. Uh, and then, of course, I run PoleCon. I purchased the International Pole Convention from the founder in 2014, ran my first event in 2015, and I've run 
seven or eight. I don't know. I have to do the math on that. Live events. I've run a couple of intensive events under that brand. We've run a couple of virtual poll conventions. And briefly, there was a PollCon Australia that was a licensed event. So there's been a, a lot of a lot of things. I've got tutorials on one, two, three polling. I've, I'm a brand ambassador with uh, Rad, which does myofascial release tools. And I'm a master trainer at Liquid Motion. I feel like that might be it. I'm sure I'm missing something. <laughs> well, that's, um, that's quite a bit of things. I'm writing my notes because um, I need to check out a, a lot of, I'm doing my first Liquid Motion certification in March. And I'm oh, very excited about that. Um, and in person, I wanted to do it in person because I'm sort of a motor moron when it comes to dance. Um, and virtual doesn't work so much for me. So I'm excited about that. Awesome. You're going to love it. Liquid motion is an amazing methodology. It's really perfect for folks who don't have a dance background. Like I do not have a dance background. And it's definitely changed uh, my movement and the way that I approach movement. I, I took um, one of the workshops at our first PolCon, the one in New Orleans. And oh, yay. through that workshop, I was like, they have this shit figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I, I'm a nerd and I'm kind of like you. I, I come from that like science-y sort of see it through those eyes. And just the way they taught, I was like, mm-hmm. this is the, I mean, I can get this. This is being taught so well. My brain can figure this out. So I'm anxious to, to get certified. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, Polcon Australia, we're going to bring yeah. that back so we can all go to Australia. Yeah, I would, I would love to bring that back. It's a, uh, you know, running events for folks listening who run events, whether you run a, a, an event in your studio or a bigger event, running events is really tough. And we provided the licensing. So it was really just the, the name, uh, and the, the organizer was like, no, I got it. I don't, I don't need any extra help. And I I think for future potential licensees in other countries, I will insist on help because it is, it's just a lot more than you think. And it can take a lot of time to build a brand, even a brand that might be recognizable in other countries to, you know, convince people to come to your event to invest. So, so the event did run as part of a smaller fitness event, but it was much, much, much more scaled back than they, than those folks had originally thought. Uh, and then they have moved on to do other things and I wish them well. Uh, but I have talked to a couple of folks in Europe to see if that would be an opportunity, you know, over there. Cause it's, it's a, it's challenging to, you know, for Polcon, I own, all now 41. I bought another one. I don't know why I bought another one, but I bought another stage pole. So I own 41 stage poles. Wow. And uh, yeah, and shipping those just within the continental United States is challenging and shipping them somewhere else would be even more challenging. So it, to, to run a PolCon the way in which it currently runs would be challenging and we would definitely be, oh, we, the royal we, we, me and my dog uh, would be... <laughs> <laughs> interested in working with a local partner also to understand the pricing and the the demographics because it's you know I, I in my previous life I ran I opened our international office I owned a, a visual communications company and I did all of our international business traveling to Australia South Africa Germany uh, and the UK is where I opened our uh, our wholly owned subsidiary so 
and it's challenging in different countries. There's different laws, there's different things. And anyway, working with a local partner is always a great way to go to understand those differences. My very first job was working for an association for independent bookstores. And, oh, and, cool. And we did a, a big convention every year. And, and in that world, there was like the national convention. And then there were these regional ones. And ours was the Southeast um, Southeastern Booksellers Association. So our conventions were, um, I think the most north we went was Memphis and then um, Mobile and Orlando. So kind of that circuit. And uh, as a 18-year-old, 19-year-old, my boss was like, so you're running registration, right? You, hooray, this is yours. You get to figure out. Um, so it was checking in people that came to the event, checking in the authors, dealing with authors, managers. And um, so I have an idea of what it takes. And it's, I mean, my hat's off to you because it's, you put on an amazing <laughs> event. And I don't think people quite understand what all you have to do to make it run so seamlessly. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and we're going to get to PolCon 2023 later in the episode. I'm, I'm anxious. I know everybody else is anxious to hear about that, but um, <laughs> it, it's going to be even more wild than Atlanta was, I think. Uh, I hope so, because this venue is a lot more expensive, so I need more people to come. Oh, okay. Well, just, just keep saying that. Just keep driving that, right? <laughs> Every, everybody come. <laughs> so, Ho Apparel is going to have a, a, a booth. We're going to have a hotel room. So if you need to a hotel room to crash in, reach out to me. We can probably squeeze a bunch of people in that room. <laughs> it's a hotel room. <gasps> it is a hotel. Oh, my goodness. Are, are they prepared at, at the hotel for what they're going to have walking around? Um, well, so I have a, so I, over the years, I've developed a list of questions that I ask when I, when I'm interviewing venues and it gets longer every year because, uh, you know, I encourage folks to share their uniqueness on stage because why not? You know, especially if you do compete, there's different rules and competition. So just come to Polcon and be yourself. Like, who, you know, who gives a shit? There's no one's judging you. And for two years in a row, we have had performers wear strap-on dildos. And so I've added that to, to my questions to say, you know, in because every state has different laws, counties or city level. So there are places where we've been able to wear pasties and places where they've said, no, you must wear a bikini top. So I'm getting down my list of things with this hotel venue. And I'm like, so dildos? And they're like, we've never been asked that question yeah. before. Um, so I think they've got a little bit of an idea, but honestly, I could show pictures and video and they they don't know until we get there uh, really what they've gotten into. <laughs> my um, my world before pole was the powerlifting world. And mm -hmm. um, my ex-husband was a top level uh, competitor. He was a professional powerlifter. And it was funny when we would go to meets with all of the big professional powerlifters because at breakfast, the whole restaurant would be these huge men. I mean, and hundreds of huge men eating all of the food, drinking all of the drinks. And then inevitably in the corner would be some family, you know, from the Midwest <laughs> with their three kids, kind of <laughs> shrunken in a corner wondering what the hell they'd stumbled into. Uh, 
and I think Polcon must be kind of the same for you know, there's normal people that just happen to be at the hotel at the same time. Oh yeah. And they all wander by registration and they're kind of looking like, what is that in there? Like, what's going on? I'm like, I will sell y'all a ticket. Like you, you can come in. You can see it all. <laughs> That's right. And we've, we've sold a couple tickets, particularly uh, when we've had separate tickets for the evening shows. We've definitely attracted hotel guests to come in and watch the sexy show or BGP. And, uh, you know, I think it's great for people to see more pole dancing. Why not? I think it is too. And not many normal people get to see it, right? That's another thing I've come up with with my family, right? Nobody in my family, they're all squares. So they've never <laughs> been to a club, right? They've, they've, they just have no concept. Mm -hmm. um, and in their brain, it's just taking your clothes off for money and they don't understand the artistry. So I can imagine that it sucks some people in just to have mm -hmm. the opportunity to watch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the depth and breadth, the way that people take this, you know, one little tiny apparatus and they express themselves uh, in so many different ways. I have a, a good, my, my best friend who we met in college is in town right now. And we were talking about pole uh, as you do. And he was asking me questions about, you know, why do people do it? And I said, it's, it's completely varied. You know, if we, if we look at, you know, the pole con stage is kind of a microcosm of, of the pole industry at large, you've got, you know, last year we had this like, you know, little tiny cute as a button, like six year old girl. Yes. And then, and then we had this, this gentleman who was in his sixties. And, you know, and everybody was just doing their own thing and expressing themselves and whether it's, whether it's sport or art, whether it's, you know, taking your clothes off or putting them back on or like whatever it is, you know, just take this, this tiny little apparatus and do whatever you want. And I, I think that is, that to me is the coolest thing is seeing the diversity within our industry. I think the, the little girl that competed or uh, performed last year, if, if you could have had a camera on her and also one on the audience, and it's yeah. like, it was like a mom magnet. All yeah. the mamas <laughs> in, in world crying, I'm not a mama, but like crying and like hands together and they couldn't breathe. And then when she was done, the roar from the crowd, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a dry eye in the house. No. It was, it was, it was adorable. <laughs> and her mom and then her dance mom, like were in front doing the moves so that she would know it was just perfection. <laughs> what, what was her name? Do, do you remember her name? Oh my God. Now that I'm on the spot. No. Oh my, <laughs> now I don't remember on the spot. I'm so terrible with names. I remember I'm, I'm a very visual person. So I, I can remember like her costume, like she mm -hmm. was a little alien and her, her mom, her mom and her dance mom are very involved in the uh, USPSF. So oh. in the folks that want to go pull into the Olympics. And that's, that's where we tend to see is either the USPSF or the APL, the American Pole League. Uh, those folks who focus more on the, the, the pole sports side, we tend to see more youth engagement. Uh, they've got some youth programming, you know, whereas then you see kind of in the other parts of the pole community, you don't see as much youth because it is a, it is a challenge to figure out how to get youth involved. And we have, we have one kid who's not a kid anymore named Jesse. And Jesse has been with me for like 
oh my God, I think he's performed for the past five years or something. And we've watched him grow from this like little pint sized, you know, powerhouse to like a man, you know, like (laughs) he walks in and you're like, where did you go, Jesse? You were this like little tiny thing. And his, you know, his, his mom and his aunt, like they just, they support him and, and the community. And it's just, uh, it's just super cool to like grow up with, with some of these, um, especially the little ones because they grow up so fast. <laughs> they do grow up so fast. <laughs> I have a, a couple I worked with when they were about eight or nine and they're in their mid twenties now. And, um, I still treat them like they're eight or nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a whole crop of, uh, I call them my kids. Um, I, I'm also not a, I don't have genetic babies. I have fur babies. I have plant babies and I have a shit ton of pole babies. And I had so many start during the pandemic, which I'm always like, what makes you think like pole dancing? Like, yeah, I'll do that during a global pandemic. But I have all of these little, these kids and they're all young. They, they all could have been my genetic children. Cause I'm, I'm not young anymore. And, uh, <laughs> And they're just so cute. And I had a whole raft of them come to PoleCon and they, this year, and they were running around in a little pack, you know, like you do, like, you're like, I got my three friends and I know you and they're running around wearing like all their clothes. And then I'd see them a couple hours later and then they're all half naked running around. And they're telling me, they're like, I met Roz the diva in the elevator and she was so cool. I'm like, did you take a picture? They're like, we took a picture. I'm like, oh, I'm so, I'm so mommy's so proud. I mean, <laughs> But it's, it's so cool to watch whether they're like, like actually young generations growing up or just like first timers coming in because you, you could be a kid and be in your fifties, you know, your first pole events. And I just think it's really just fun to watch that enthusiasm. So how'd you end up doing pole? Is that a story you, you, you can share or watch? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, um, so my, my first career I had three business partners and um, that industry was the proposal management industry and which had an association kind of like you're talking about with your book association. And I was extremely active in that became a president of the board of that. You know, it was a 5,000 person association at the time. Now it's a 10,000 person association. Anywho, he used to joke that the way people get into proposals is you, you lose a bet because it's, it's not an industry that you hear about, you know, it's not like, you're going to grow up and be a doctor, a lawyer, a veterinarian, whatever. And I feel like that's the same about pole dancing is you just sort of stumble into it. Um, a, a friend of mine saw a an, an Groupon or, you know, or whatever. And she said, Hey, let's, let's go do this pole dancing. And I was like, okay, sure. Let's do pole dancing. <laughs> and, uh, and we went, cause I thought it, you know, might be something fun to do with my friend. And she said, you know, wear shorts and a tank top. And I said, absolutely not. Like I am, I don't wear shorts. I don't, you know, me and my body, we have taken a long time to figure ourselves out and I'm not comfortable with my arms. I'm not comfortable with my thighs. I am absolutely not. So I wore, you know, basically a t-shirt and yoga pants and we went to class and I sucked. Like I couldn't hold on. I couldn't do anything. I kept slamming myself against the pole. I was like, God, this is stupid. <laughs> and uh, my friend was okay. She she was uh, had a more of a background in movement than I did. I didn't have any background in movement. Um, and she was like, this is so much fun. Let's watch the next class. It was a tiny studio. So like the foyer was in the studio. You know, if you've been to those kinds of studios. 
and we watch the next class and they're, they're inverting, you know? And so I asked one of the people, I'm like, well, how long did it take you to do that? And she said a couple of months. And I was like, holy shit, you fucking kidding me? A couple months. I mean, now I know that that's, you know, inverting. Everybody's got their own journey there. Uh, but I said, well, you know, I could dedicate a couple of months. Like, why not? This could be the thing that my friend and I do. And so that's what happened is it became the thing that we did. We did, you know, we did like one class a week and then slowly I was like more classes per week and I'm going to buy a pole and put it in my house. And I'm going to, you know, I was doing some personal training at the time with a trainer and I was like, Hey, I need to figure out like, here is this move. How do I get the, <laughs> make my muscles do this. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, slowly, but surely my friend lost interest and I, started meeting new people through pole and going to pole competitions and then uh thought I could do some of this stuff better than the business owners that I was working with I thought I could do run a better studio I thought I could run better events and and uh I just kept saying yes to opportunities and yeah the rest as they say is history but it was it was really just a you know a why not like I'm not doing anything today like <laughs> kind of situation the first class I ever took was about 10 years before I started again in, in this kind of go round. So I took one class and I have a nystagmus. So my eyes kind of rotate constantly. Hmm. So turning in circles isn't good for me. Um, and that class, of course, because nobody knew anything, that's all they had us do was spins. And then they uh, put on the strobe lights. Oh, um, God. But I did. I didn't do great, but it was fun. But I was way nauseous when it was over with. It was on a Saturday morning. And the next uh, day, Sunday, in the lifestyle section in our state newspaper, there was a picture of me ah. on the pole because the newspaper had been there. Ah. And a photo of me. I did not know that. So all my family opened up the lifestyle section and there I was. and. It was a good picture. Like it wasn't weird, but then I had to explain to people, oh no, that's not for me. Cause I was in the corner trying not to puke, you know, for 15 minutes before I could leave. Uh, and then when I came back 10 years later, my teacher, I, I explained that, right. I'm just not one for the spinning in circles. So I don't, and I'm much better at it, but it's funny that my very first class, I ended up on the front of the newspaper. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it's a, you never know sometimes when, when that kind of stuff happens and that can be a defining moment, but maybe you don't know it's a defining moment until you said like 10 years later, but, you know. <laughs> and, well, and it's interesting because that class, there was me who was not a great dancer. There were two or three of what we consider the like perfect bodied girls that were, you know, just beautiful and gorgeous. And that wasn't how I felt. So I already felt a little weird. And then there was this quiet girl. She was bigger than everybody in the class. She was dressed in a cutoff flannel shirt and jean shorts and knee high, um, high heel boots. So she kind of looked different. So all the perfect girls were giggling um, and, and they were kind of doing their thing. And then I did my thing. And then um, this, it came up to this girl's time to be on the pole. And she absolutely slayed. They just put on the music. <laughs> she just got in her space and she danced. And immediately the little perfect girls just kind of shut up. 
(laughs) right. They were put in their place and um, it was super empowering for me. And then when she was done, she was like, okay, I'm done. And she got her stuff and she left. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty, um, it was a pretty cool class. Just uh, dropped the mic and said, yeah, I'm done here. I'm done. I've done everything I need to do. Suck it. How's it go? You know, and I love that about pole is you can't look at somebody and and make a judgment call. Like you can't look at it and say, you don't have visible muscles or you're too tall or you're too short or your torso is this or that. Like you can't look at somebody and say, you can do this or you can't do this. You know, like, and, and even if there are some things that you can't do, maybe there's all these other things that you can do. Like maybe tricks aren't for you, but flow is, or maybe flow is not, but floor is like, there's really something for everybody. And I love, I was just talking to someone the other day, the showcases at Polcon, um, because each showcase shows people along their journey. So you're not just seeing professionals doing things that you're like, I'll never be able to do that. There's always a performer that's going to connect with somebody on some level. And I, I think I like that about pole as well, because it really is kind of where you are right now. And there's always people where you are and they're always doing amazing things. And so you can sort of elevate your game within the framework of what, you know, Mm -hmm. set goals to get better, but it's not one of those, Oh, I'll be good when I can do, you know, this next thing. Okay. I'm going to be good. I mean, I'm a month in and I'm going to be good at the stuff I know now. Um, there are not a lot of sports I think out there like that. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And it's one reason why I've really kept pole, uh, non-competitive because, you know, I've competed and there's a lot of sports or activities where winning is your way to become famous, become a professional, to make money in the industry and pole I think for a long time, people thought that was the only way. And then it clearly wasn't like you can, you can gain a following in a lot of different ways. You can make money in this industry in, in lots of different ways. And so the, the first Polcon that I ran in 2015, we did have a competition on stage. So it wasn't Polcon, but we, we essentially like rented the stage. So the evening, one of the evening events was, was for a competition. And I just felt like it completely changed the vibe. So I've been approached by a lot of competitions over the years because I've got a really, you know, stages are expensive for those folks who don't know, like a truss setup with the lighting and the sound guy, like you're looking at 20 grand. Wow. Period. You know, so more or less depending on the the specifics, but you're looking, you're looking at a significant investment. So when, so people always ask me like, Hey, you know, let's do this. I'm like, "Mm -mm." And it's not that I don't like competitions. I've competed. Uh, I just find that it changes the vibe. And I think that people need an opportunity to express themselves and to feel safe where you do have a mixed level where, yes, there's some pro level, you know, quote unquote, famous influencers, whatever you want to call them, folks that people follow on Instagram and get really inspired by. And then there's somebody that you've never heard of who is just out there living their best life. and everybody is on the same big stage and everybody is treated the same. And that idea of trying to create a- as much equality as possible is really key to my, what I want Polcon to be. 
you know, I, I hate that mean girl shit where you, ha- you have to, you know, you have to be this or that, or yep. You know, on Tuesdays we wear pink or whatever. No, fuck that. No gatekeeping. Like everybody should be able to, to, to enjoy this. And it really should be about having fun, especially as adults. Like we're all, except for the kids, we're all adults. (laughs) And if this isn't feeding your soul, if this isn't fun, if this isn't something that you personally value in some way, and people can get that value from being competitive and not, why do it? You know, why do it? So, so that's really a a reason why the Polcon showcases are curated so that you can see a diversity even within you know kind of smaller stylistic groupings or affinity groupings you you know yes we have a, a plus size pole the dangerous curve showcase and you should be able to see bodies that are not skinny minis in every showcase as a for instance you should see folks who identify as queer in every showcase you should see lovely shades of melanin in every showcase because you know i, I just think that, that that's important so I'm gonna get off my soapbox. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's super important too. And I think that grabbed me. I mean, I've only done two poll cons now, but it but it's grabbed me each year. Um this past year, so I, I, you were so busy, you know, our booth faced the stage, and that was on purpose so that as we were working, I could we could also watch the showcases. But it also became sort of a gathering place for people that were about to be on stage. Like mm. they just needed to kind of have somebody to talk with or stand with to get their nervousness out. So we got a lot of people hanging out with us. And this one lady was doing the freestyle showcase. And she came into the booth. She said, this is my first time performing at Polcon. She said, when I sent in my video, I didn't know I was pregnant. So mm-hmm. in the in-between time of being accepted, I've had a baby and I now have a whole different body than I had. And and she was so nervous and I, I haven't been dancing, right? I just had my baby. So I haven't been dancing as hard. And I, she's like, I just don't know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it's going to be, I mean, it'll be amazing. I, I know it's going to be amazing. It doesn't matter what you do. It's just going to be amazing. And she was so nervous and she had all of this, this shit, right. That I could understand. Like that's a lot of stuff. And then she got up on stage and the song started and she was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm crying because I know the story, <laughs> right? So I'm watching her and I'm like, this is a triumph and nobody knows what, what she's just done, right? You get mm-hmm. to see it just as this performance, but nobody understands what she had to go through to get up on that stage and give that performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you probably don't get a lot of those stories, right? Because you're so, you, you're being pulled in a million different ways. <laughs> it, it's hard during the event. Uh, a lot of folks will reach out to me beforehand, particularly in cases where there, there might be a medical concern. We have had uh, uh, Claudia from the Dominican Republic. She's come to several pole cons, performed at several. She's been an exhibitor and she performed very pregnant in 2018, like giant belly. I don't know how many months she was, but she was clearly pregnant. And she reached out to me to, to say, is that okay? And I said, does your doctor say that's okay? Like, right. is, you know, like, have you been pole dancing, you know, before pregnancy, during pregnancy? Like, usually that's, 
okay. And every pregnancy is different. Every pregnant person is different. But I said, if you are comfortable and your doctor says it's okay, I am okay. And we have EMTs standing by <laughs> just in case. Uh, and, and she performed and she, you know, she got a lot of attention and we, we like sharing her photos uh, on the Polcon, you know, socials, because to show again, that diversity is that you can take pole in a lot of different directions. And, you know, if this is something that's safe for you, do it, you know, be, enjoy yourself, enjoy your body. Like mental pole is a huge, can be a huge mental, emotional uh, health thing for folks. So, um, so I do hear some stories and then on the application for people to perform, there is a space for people to share something about themselves. And, and I love that because sometimes you look at a video and you can't tell somebody's story where somebody says, you know, I am a trans woman and I, I want to, I want to, 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 to be me on stage. And you say, well, you, thank you for sharing that. Or people, particularly when I started the, the parapole showcase, there are some uh, disabilities that are, are a little more visually obvious, you know, and then there are lots of invisible illnesses that people deal with that you can't tell people who have anxiety, people who have, um, you know, chronic diseases. And it's like you, it's hard to be a pole dancer <laughs> and have, you know, stuff going on. Um, so I, it, so it's important for me for people to be able to share their stories. And that does, that is, that does factor into, the decision-making process for, for myself, the showcases that I curate, and then for the other curators as well. Holy crap. You curate showcases also during the weekend while you're running? Oh, well, before, beforehand, beforehand. Right, so it, that, wow. That takes a lot of yeah. brain space. I've seen a lot of, uh, yeah, I've seen... <laughs> My brain, my brain just shut off. You know, it's, it's kind of like getting a tattoo. Like, you know, when after the tattoo, you're like, this, this is such an amazing thing. And then when you, when the, the, you get another one and then the machine turns on, you're like, wait a minute. Oh. I suddenly remember how much this hurts. Oh, <laughs> I feel like it's that where I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And then you see like 500 applications come in and you're like, fuck. Uh, cause I, I hate saying no to people. And then people get really upset and mm. people have been, very vocal online about why wasn't I good enough to get into Polcon? It is not that at all. It is not that at all. It is about the diversity and the inclusion and particularly folks who submit to sexy, the sexy showcase. I would say, I don't have actual numbers. I'm going to make them up, but I would say that most of the poll community identifies under the sexy t umbrella, whether you're, your showgirl, your stripper style, your plastique, whatever. There is a broad, sexy component to to our performance style. So I get hundreds of applications for sexy. And compared to the creepy showcase, there are not that many people really leaning into creepy. So at Polcon, you have all of these like, you know, little niche elements of our community that that get elevated to the same level of sexy on purpose so that we can see the diversity that even though maybe 70% of people identify dancing as sexy and like two people identify as dancing in a comedic style, everyone gets to experience these and maybe find something that they didn't know, maybe that they would like to explore. So, so that is the hardest for me is to see people being like, oh, I'm so upset. And I'm like, oh, 
I, I want everybody to perform, but if everybody performed, Polcon would be like three weeks long. Right. And, so yeah, it's, it's, it's that, that part is tough. Saying no to people is very personally tough. So I just have to kind of send out emails and then be like, oh God, I can't look for a couple of days on social media. <laughs> so I'll make that one of the audiograms for this episode is just to saying, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, so that it gets out there that, um, that, I mean, you only have so many slots, right? Yeah. And it, it really has nothing to do because this, this was a few years ago now, but there were definitely people who had performed at prior poll cons. And now I've, I've added that as a question in, in my the Google form to apply because I also want new folks to have an opportunity to perform. So I'm like, you've performed before, let's give somebody else a chance. And so people got real in their feels about like, I have performed every time and I am amazing and I am this. And I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and you know, let's give other people the chance to, to, to shine and have that experience. So yeah, it's, I don't, I don't like saying no to people. I like everybody to, to have that opportunity to, to enjoy this because it's, it, Polcon has become really meaningful to a lot of people. And I want to foster that environment. Uh, and there's only so much time in the day and things cost money and, 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 and. so the more we all want Polcon to grow, but the more it grows, the more people that are going to be applying to do showcases. Yeah. And the better the chances are that you won't be picked um, just because the, the pool is going to get bigger and bigger. So if we want it to grow, that is one mm -hmm. of the pain points we just have to accept with a smile mm -hmm. and move on. Yeah. And that really is the the hard part. And that's something that, you know, I've learned a lot over the years about running events and how to create systems and processes to make this more efficient and easier for myself. And the big thing that I've been trying to work on, you know, over the past year or so is my my own mental health with regards to this event. Because I'm, I'd like to, I like to act like, you know, I'm this like tough boss bitch, like I'm Capricorn and I'm hardcore and da, 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 da. I am very soft and squishy inside. And not many people get to see soft and squishy. So it is very, it's me and the dog where, you know, things happen and I'm just like, oh my God, like I just, you know, I want everybody to, to have a good time and to express themselves and to find the, that, that, you know, that nugget of community that can really like last you if you have to go back to a place where you can't be yourself, where like for a few days you can have this amazing energy. and. And so when, when people say, you know, like, oh, this, this isn't, or it's upset me or something, I'm just like, oh God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to work on my own personal boundaries to understand that you can't please everybody all of the time. You can't, you know, there are some decisions that they have to be done in the name of practicality and, you know, just the way things are. And yes, we can always all improve and get better. And I'm working on my boundaries. <laughs> Yay. So let's move on to the book. Um, Yay, the book. Because the book is phenomenal. Uh, Thank you. I haven't gotten through all of it because it is uh, very, very weighty. And it kind of aligns with some of the stuff that I do as well. Um, and then I'm sort of moving into trying to teach in workshops. So how did you get into mobility? Um, 
I mean, I watch your videos on Instagram. They're, they're amazing. Uh, they're so helpful because, um, you give, you give real world examples of the way mm -hmm. our bodies are fucked up and <laughs> then you give super easy solutions to making changes. Um, and I love that so much about your videos. So how did all this mobility, Colleen is the mobility guru happen? Uh, well, uh, a truck hit me. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, necessity is the mother of invention. And um, yeah, I was 17. Was I 17? No, I was 19 years old. I was 19 years old. And uh, I was on a motorcycle. Uh, I bought a motorcycle, not because I, uh, I mean, I, you know, I think the vibe is cool, right? Motorcycle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like let's not think, like there was a, it was cool um but i i also bought it for a really practical reason is the job i was in college and the job i was working at was outside the city it took like an hour to get there by bus um i could not park a car on campus that's just not a possibility at the school i went to so i was like oh a good motorcycle because i could park it in the bike rack and i could get to work and i could do all of these things and um yeah i made a left-hand turn and a truck just hit me dead on um, shattered my right leg between my knee and my ankle. Um, and I wound up having five surgeries. I was in the hospital for 10 days the first time. Uh, first they were going to amputate. They wound up having to get, call a specialist down to deal with my stuff who changed my external fixator. If anybody's seen it, it's sort of like the erector set from hell that they like attached to your body. Um, very common for motorcyclists, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wound up having to go back to have surgery because my bones were not healing correctly. So I'd have a bone graft, I'd skin grafts. I've got a lot of stuff. Uh, and I also, uh, I grew up very, uh, very poor. Uh, after my parents divorced, we went from very like blue collar to very like no collar on a lot of forms of public assistance. So, uh, I had insurance, but then the insurance was like fighting with each other and insurance. And the, like, when I talk to my friends in the UK, they just don't even understand. And I like, no, this was, this was the early 2000s and things have gotten slightly better, but it was a shit show. So anyway, there was no money for physical therapy. I wound up owing like a hundred thousand dollars to fix myself. So how did I get into mobility? I had to, <laughs> and I, I sort of, you know, figured things out and taught myself how to walk again. And, um, fast forward to, uh, I found pole dancing. So my accident happened in, um, 2001. And then I found pole dancing in 2011. So I was 10 years in to, you know, figuring out and be being mobile wasn't, there was a, a level of being mobile that was important. Like I was very concerned about finances. So I had to graduate college and I had to, you know, progress in my career and I had to be mobile enough basically to wear high heel shoes to walk to then sit at a desk. <laughs> that was my, those are my mobility goals. Uh, and then I found pole dancing and I just was like, wow, this is a whole new world. And I didn't have a dance background. I didn't have a movement background. And I had teachers who just didn't understand what to do with me. <laughs> so like you're saying about your condition with your eyes, I totally understand because there's, and it's hard as pole teachers, you know, to, to 
be, you know, most of us come to poll because we're passionate about this. And now there are several certifications that can really help us learn more about the body. But a lot of people, they just start teaching pole dancing because they, they, they have an affinity for doing a move. And then it seems like that would mean you're a good teacher. But we know that is not the, always the case. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I wound up having to really like learn and figure things out. And fortunately finances gotten a whole lot better. So I was able to start seeing medical professionals and, and, you know, the world kept evolving and, you know, found people like Cirque Physio online. And she introduced me to Acro PT who, uh, Dr. Angie Prescott, who is my personal, um, physical therapist. And I'm so lucky she's in my Metro area. So I get to see her on Friday. I see her once a month. <laughs> and uh, so she helps. She's a manual therapist and she focuses on circus and pole dancers. So, so I was, you know, over, over time, I was able to get help for myself. You know, there was more information out there. And then I started teaching and started helping other people because I just really... I like, I, I like teaching. I like helping others. And it was a very natural, I was teaching and educating in my other career. So it was natural for me to continue in this way. And I just got every certification I could. I've learned everything I could about the body. Uh, again, worked with these medical professionals, you know, Dr. Angie Prescott reviewed my book to make sure I wasn't totally full of shit and telling people the wrong things. Uh, and I, I started offering mobility classes during the pandemic my, I, my flexibility classes had become very mobility informed, but I didn't do specific mobility in that there was no peak pose. There was no, like, we're going to do our splits after this, that, but this was just to move better, feel better type of mobility work, uh, increase uh, longevity and resilience until the pandemic when everybody was online. And can I interrupt you really, it. really quickly? Cause, um, yeah. Can, can you, before we go any further in, in your journey, can you explain the difference between stretching or flexibility and mobility? Because I'm not certain um, the average person understands the critical difference between those two. Yeah. And it's really, it's been interesting. Like as I've been on this journey now, since like 2011 to, to now, mobility has become more of like the buzzword. Um, so I'll tell you my definition and know that other people might look at this in slightly different ways. So flexibility is more about maybe what we would call passive flexibility. So you're not, you, you're really more like hanging off your bones is a phrase I will say in class. You're really looking more at the laxity in your joints, in your tendons. You're not moving through positions, using your muscles and supporting your muscles and bones and tendons from a place of strength. So people might also say like active flexibility is mobility versus passive. You know, if you can, you know, you, we've all seen those people in class that can just bloop into a split or, and you're like, how the fuck are you doing that? <laughs> And, and there, there's some level where there is a genetic component, like that's just the way that you're built. Uh, there's also a huge nervous system component that if we can tell our body that we are safe, we can move into greater ranges of motion without using our muscles versus in pole, what we really should be focusing on is more of that active flexibility 
or mobility, again, these can be kind of uh, synonyms, to, to safely make sure we are, we are not just hanging off our bones, we are actually using our muscles to move into greater and greater ranges of motion within the allowable range of our joints. And all of our joints are slightly different, right? There's like literal, like if the body is a, is a mechanism, there's, there's some joints that go together in different ways. So there's some range of motion that is just literally impossible because of the joint structure. And then there is other range of motion that you look at contortionists and you're like, how is that possible? It is because that joint does move that way. We just need to learn how to train our nervous system. We need to learn how to train our muscles. We need to make our fascia feel safe in order to move into those ranges of motion. So that is the long way of saying for me, (laughs) the difference is really that active component um, that you're using your muscles to, to support your skeleton and all of the rest of your tissues, as opposed to just, you know, flop, like my neck just goes like backwards, like, like, like I'm a Pez dispenser. So. Okay. Sorry. I just, um, I was thinking about that earlier and I was like, I got to make sure when the time is right to pop that in there. Cause, cause they are two different. Um, I think that they're just, it's just different. And I, and I don't want people to see mobility for pole and think, oh, I did that stretching class at the studio and I didn't like it because, you know, it hurt or I couldn't get into anything. What you do is a completely different animal um, than just a basic splits training kind of program. It, it, is, it is different. And I think that there are people that can use mobility concepts to create a mobility informed splits routine, backbend routine, you know, and I, I often will say like, there is no one size fits all approach to mobility because we all have different bodies. We have different, you know, genetic predispositions and perhaps more importantly, we all have different compensations that our body has developed over time. You know, if you think about a lot of us, especially the older we get, we get very set into, I sleep on this side of the bed. I sleep in this way on this side of the bed. I get in and out of the car on this side. I sit in my desk in this way. I've been sitting in the same desk for 10 years or whatever. So our body develops to make our movement more efficient for whatever we're asking it to do intentionally or unintentionally. <laughs> so hunching over your phone all day, your body is, is, is like, okay, cool. This is, this is the way that we move. We're going to maximize this. So when you try to do something else, the body might be like, whoa, 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 we don't move that way right this second. Not that we don't move this way at ever. Uh, and I use a lot of techniques to help people start to tune into what their body is doing. Because especially if you don't come from a movement background, it can be very hard. Like you look at somebody doing a lunge and you're like, okay, you're doing a lunge. But to feel it in your body and to understand like, what am I supposed to be feeling? Where am I supposed to be feeling it? So I will give a lot of cues to help people understand exactly what you're doing. Cause there are some folks like just last night I was at a, a pole studio and for once I wasn't teaching, I wasn't taking, I was present to promote my book. And a lot of pole teachers will teach in that, like, you know, watch me and then you do it. And a lot of people can learn that way. 
And then there's some people that can't because their body, they're missing some crucial connections where their body just doesn't quite move that way yet because maybe those muscles have been deconditioned from, from their day job. So it was fascinating just to kind of watch like all of these different students and how, you know, listening to what the teacher said and then how it changed what happened to how the students were able to execute or not execute as the case may be the intended movement. So if you've ever come to my, my class, I just talk, 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 because I'm, I'm trying to give enough information that something is going to click and you can make that mind body connection and say, Oh, Oh, I get it now. I get it now. And then you can take this information and apply it to something like, you know, if you are going for a pole movement, cool. Like if you know where this muscle is and what it's supposed to be doing, then you can apply it anywhere. You can apply it when you're sitting at your desk, you can apply it on the pole, you can apply it, you know, whatever. I've been certified in kettlebell instruction since the early 2000s. Um, and I've had the, um, the joy of working with Pavel Tatsulin that sort of is the godfather of bringing kettlebells to the United States. Um, and he was with, um, it was the RKC program then, now his program is called Strong First. And it was the first certification I'd ever been through where they were they were teaching you to instruct, but they, they didn't just teach you the movement. They taught you how to teach the movement. Mm-hmm. And he would use the term motor moron. And so mm-hmm. he would teach you the movement and then he would teach you how to teach the movement. And then he always gave you three or four other exercises that, okay, so if who you're teaching can't get any of this, Mm-hmm. Now you've got three or four more ways to get mm-hmm. them to where you need them to be so that then they can understand. And it was the first certification I've ever been through where they they just kept giving you tools. If that mm-hmm. doesn't work, try this. If that doesn't work, try this. And then he would say, do you understand where this falls? Like you also have to understand, um, you know, we're backing this movement up eight places Mm -hmm. because that may be where your client is at. And now you progress them through those and then you've got them here and then you can progress them um, forward. And there aren't a lot of uh, certifications are out there. I think that take the time Mm -hmm. to teach. They want to teach you how to teach it. But when you're a third of your students can't get that, Mm -hmm. then what do you do? Yeah. And it's, it's so, I mean, movement is hard, right? Full stop, right? Trying, trying to figure stuff out. And when you look at pole, it's so complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the physical movement. And then you start to layer on top of it, some of the, you know, the emotions that can come up. Like I, right now I'm doing a lot of research on somatic movement, how trauma shows up in the body. And, you know, pole is not therapy. and some things can come up because of pole, because of how you're moving your body for maybe the first time in a long time, because of literally the shedding of clothing that we have to do, which has a lot of social you know, stigma or maybe very, um, may remind us of some previous trauma. So pole teachers <laughs> are, have so much to try to understand of, you know, how do you deal with folks who don't have these connections because they didn't have a movement background or because there is a, a trauma issue in the body or because 
of just the word choice. You know, how do you, you know, you say something and it can really turn folks off. We just had the um, virtual poll con and uh, which I've, I've changed the format several times just to reflect because it, it was born in the pandemic and we needed different things than we need now. And during one of the panel discussions in the, the queer panel was the, the discussion about how to remove gender from class and how to create a more inclusive class and to not talk about vagina monsters, you know, um, and, and how to talk about things like, why does it have to be the Superman? Can it be the superhero? Can it be, and, and really look at ways that we are creating language that is accessible and inclusive. So as a poll teacher, you've got all of these different components to try to get together and you've got a room full of 10 people that are, or more that are all like actively trying to kill themselves at the same time. <laughs> and screaming your name and wanting to take videos and chatting about what they're going to have for dinner. And, and, and it is hard and it is, it is really hard. And I, I had a private student recently tell me, she's like, wow, you, you just have so much technique. I don't feel like I've gotten that from any other teacher before. And I said, you know, well, thank you. And that's kind of normal because there is so much to this, you know, that doesn't mean that your old teacher was bad or not good or whatever. It means that different people are going to focus on different things. Different people have the capacity to learn different things and, and to, to be, you know, real for, for a moment, poll teachers are not really paid a lot. (laughs) So, so the time and money it takes to, to understand, you know, all of the different potential components that could come up in teaching somebody what might to some people be very simple is, is a huge investment for, for an individual teacher, for a studio, for whatever. So I think as an industry, we're moving in the right direction with a lot more resources. uh, And we should have grace and compassion for those in the industry for, for where they are now, you know, and then where we are as, as students, um, you know, of movement. Very well said. Um, And 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 again, not something that people think about how overarching uh, the themes are in a level one poll class, right? Mm-hmm. Most people think, well, we're just going to learn a fireman spin and we're going to, you know, do a little bit of wiggles. And uh, but there's so much more involved. Um, so so that's what led you to write the book is just your experience or um, working with people. That cr- what flamed your soul to create um, this amazing resource? Yeah, I forgot the original question. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I started teaching uh, mobility specific classes. Uh, I had a student because I talk, you know, nonstop and I try to educate folks because I think it's important to understand the why. Like, why am I telling you to make a snake noise? Like, why am I doing that? Um, and so one of my students said, are you writing this down anywhere? Like, is like, this is, this is really good info. Cause I'm pulling from a lot of different traditions and a lot of different things to try to translate it in a way that someone who doesn't have a lot of time could get kind of the key points and, and improve, move better, feel better. And then for those who want to learn more, have the capacity, the time, the interest, they could then continue to research. So I said, yeah, I should, I should do that. I should write it down. Um, 
I've always wanted to write a book. I started writing a book in my, I like books. So I feel like if you like books, you've sort of thought about like stories and what would I write? And I started writing a book for my old industry and didn't get too far because I just wasn't passionate about it. And writing a book, it can take a lot of time. Um, and I suddenly had had time on my hands. I've, I've been slowly kind of moving out of the corporate world. And my, my last sort of bastion of corporate, I, had a, 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 I worked half time, like 20 hours a week for this, uh, this European company where I did uh, all of their marketing and internal communications and things. And then they really suffered during the pandemic and they had to got, get rid of a lot of things that weren't, you know, 100% critical. And the marketing consultant was on, unfortunately on that list. And uh, I wasn't ready to go. Like I, I really had invested a lot in this idea of being, a, you know, a corporate person and I don't know, like breaking glass ceilings or whatever it was. And I, I wasn't ready, but the universe was like, too bad, bitch, go. <laughs> so I, I had this time on my hands and I said, okay, well, I'm doing all of these things, but you know, I guess I should really just finally write this book. And, uh, and so I did. <laughs> and the, uh, I'm just kind of that person. I know some people are like, well, how did you do that? And I'm just one of those people. I, I wish I could teach that, um, cause I think it would be useful for folks, but I am, I am just one of those people that I'm like, oh, I'm just going to start a trade association. All right. I'm going to do that. I'm just going to write a book. I'm just, okay. Like, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> So as I have a friend, she's writing a book now and she, she keeps like messaging me and she's like, ah, I hate you. You made this look so easy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm real sorry. Uh, but yeah, so I, I or- organized my thoughts and really thought about how I teach in class and the things that I share and what was my method and, and, and things. And, you know, I said at some point I'm just going to give people this and then maybe that there is a volume two. So there's actually a section in the back of the book that's, you know, kind of called, I I gave it a cute name. I don't remember now, but it's like future reading or other things to explore because sometimes, you know, you think there's one issue, but it's not that. Um, uh, I've been dealing on and off for the past several years with some like digestion issues. And I've, I've been to, I've been to so many doctors I've been to, fortunately now I have good healthcare and I've been to so many doctors and what has really helped me the most is working on my mental health. And that is not like written down anywhere. You know, you're like, you, you have these issues and you go to the endocrinologist and you go to the allergist and you go to the neurologist and you go to all these ologists and you have be poked and prodded and blood tests and MRI and this and that and this and that. And the doctors are like, ah, eh, there's nothing wrong with you. And you're like, I don't think so. So, so some things, so for me, uh, that has really, really helped for some other people, maybe nutrition is important or maybe understanding more about the visual systems of the body is really fascinating of how like the eyes and connecting to the vestibular system can really, um, so there's a whole other reading section. And I do hope that there will be a volume two with some of the new things that I'm learning to be like more mobility. Cause if it's, if it's not just physical, there might be some other things that could also help people to, to help, you know, for them to explore. You heard about be activated Douglas Hill. Um, until I started reading your blogs, I had not heard about it. So I'm, I'm really glad I'm now like, you know, the universe is like sending me information, which is awesome. Um, the universe and Facebook is sending me information. 
Well, next time he comes um, to the United States, I'll let you know because everything that you have found and that you do, um, his system also works with. So I think it would, um, you'd get some nuggets from his system. Um, but the vestibular system, it's, it's a little bit more advanced. Uh, we usually don't cover it in the four days that, that we have him. Um, but when you start to talk about how visual field and how you can store trauma, um, and I can mm -hmm. use you as an example. So you were hit on your right side. Mm -hmm. um, and so in theory, I'm not saying that you have this, I'm not diagnosing. I'm just saying in theory, you could have trauma from any, so anything that comes at you from that side could mm -hmm. engage your central nervous system to shut down in fear because of that truck hitting you until you figure out how to get your body to release that, mm -hmm. which, um, I mean, you've, you've hit on that, that, um, you know, a lot of the work you do works on that as well, but, but understanding, um, colors. You, you could have had a trauma as a child, um, hit, been hit by a, a red ball in the face mm. and the color red. So you could store that trauma in the way your body processes the color red. Mm. Um, and you think through that like sports teams. So if you're a quarterback and red is a color that shuts down your central nervous system due to a trauma mm. you had when you were a child. And suddenly you are playing a team and their jerseys are red. Mm. So you go back to throw and all you see is red coming at you. Mm. How safe do you feel in that moment? Mm -hmm. And if you're, as you've said, if your body doesn't feel safe, what does it do? It shuts down. So now mm -hmm. how effective of a quarterback are you? If that sequence is happening because you have red jerseys coming at you. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I hope there's a volume too, because there is always so much more. And I think once people dive into the meat of this book, um, they won't be able to help themselves, but want what's, what's next, right? What's the next? I feel great. This is amazing. Now, now where do I go? And you're a leader, uh, you're yeah. a good leader for that. <laughs> Well, well, thank you. And I, I hope so. Cause I, I like to personally, I like to think of myself as like a fairly practical human. And sometimes, you know, you have to like breadcrumb your way to, to stuff where it's like, if you, if you come at, if you come at things from that, that like, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but that like woo woo hippy dippy. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds derogatory. I don't mean it, but it just to like define like there's, and I got plenty of woo woo hippy dippy shit in my life too. But sometimes people get very turned off. They're like, I don't need to burn sage. Like, what is your problem? You know, but if you start to like get into things and stuff works, then you can start having conversations that are are a little uh, are a little deeper and maybe a little more uncomfortable. Um, I work now, I'm working with a he's not really a business coach. I guess he's sort of a life coach um who focuses on a lot of like uh, self-compassion practices and a lot of things that he was saying, I'm like, okay, these are great sound bites. Like you have to have compassion for yourself before you can have compassion for other people. And I was like, that's great. Write it down, take my notes. Um, and then I was doing some trauma informed classes 
about that were, were put on by, they have a long name, this association for like behavioral psychology or something. And there have been actual studies that have scientific, you know, quantitative studies that have proven essentially that statement, that if you do not have, you know, if you are such in a state of stress that you cannot have compassion for yourself, your brain and your nervous system, like literally does not have room to have compassion for others. So I immediately messaged him. I was like, holy shit, you're not full of crap. This is not hippie. Like, and he was like, you needed somebody else with a science degree to say it. I was like, uh, Kind, I kind of did. You know, and, and he said, that's okay. He's like, cause some people need that. And some people need to just find their guru and it just resonates. And that's cool. So I'm hoping to, yes, breadcrumb people to like, let's keep getting better because you only have one life. Maybe, I mean, maybe we come back in another life, but if you come back, if you didn't learn the lessons, you're probably going to have to keep reading them. <laughs> So let's get better. Let's break things like generational trauma, which is fascinating to learn about that stuff too. Um, but let's, you know, cause this stuff is not what we learn in school, you know, like we don't learn how to take care of ourselves. We don't learn how to walk. We don't learn how to breathe. We don't learn how to really, you know, interact with other humans and how to process our emotions. We just sort of get thrown in, you know, with a bunch of other kittens and it's like, eh, good luck. <laughs> well, and so. when we have breakthroughs, on that we often so you have a breakthrough when you go to tell somebody, but if they're not in a space to have mm -hmm. a breakthrough, or if they're still stuck, you usually get the oh well that's of course everybody knows that or like that's not that big a deal, and then suddenly, um, you, you know you've had this big thing, but there's nobody to share it with because nobody understands sort of the depth of what you, um what you just realized. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in poll, cause it's, it's not all women. There's a lot of women. And I, I feel like we come to poll, um, obviously for lots of different reasons, but I think there are some themes finding ourselves, finding our sexuality, learning to love our bodies, mm -hmm. uh, doing something for ourselves. Um, you know, where we've been living for others, maybe as mothers or wives so some of those 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 themes are right there, and and this kind of work um, can kind of I think make those journeys a lot quicker. We can kind of bust things open, but just the fact that people have come to poll, I think, lends itself to seekers, um, you mm -hmm. know, trying to get some answers or, or or find some happiness or solace or or whatever. So it's right. For this kind of work. Oh, I totally agree. And the the thing that I, I often say is like the only clear thing that I see with everybody, because we're so diverse and all over the place, is that polars tend to have a growth mindset that you can grow and change. You know, you can transform, you can evolve, you can have a revolution in yourself. And people, even if maybe they don't think they believe it maybe deep deep down there's a little seed and then you come to pole class and you you do something you didn't expect that you didn't think you could do before with your body or you see somebody else and you you are inspired by them and then suddenly you are just tumbling down this rabbit hole uh and, and yeah i think it's 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 very very cool to watch my favorite moments are when somebody does something 
And the whole class goes, oh, my God, look at you. You're amazing. You could do it's that being being seen and also having someone see your journey and understand your journey. I, I love it um, when when that happens to me, but I also love sharing in it um, mm-hmm. in other people. Yeah, 1,000% agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else about your book that you want to share with the world other than buy it? It, it doesn't matter where you buy it from. You can buy it from Ho Apparel. You can buy it straight from you. It does not matter. Just buy it. I would say that it is for everyone. And this was a debate that I had about how to position the book because poll dancers are, are the demographic that I tend to serve. And when I'm not serving pole dancers, it's because a pole dancer has introduced me to somebody else. <laughs> you know, I've worked, I've worked with a lot of, um, spouses, partners, you know, my mom wants to take your class, you know, kind of thing, which is amazing. So I really debated, you know, what to call it. Um, And I decided on mobility for pole, because I wanted to really focus on the demographic uh, on pole, because they're the people that I know the best. And I also think that there's not, there's more now than there were before, but there were not a lot of books or things that were specifically for pole dancers. That said, this information is for your grandma, your uncle, your mom, your dad, your kid, your, you know, like even it was, it was like a little bit of stretch, but I massage my dog because I know that like, she needs like some fascial relief. You know, she needs like, if she's like is limping one day, cause she stepped on something. Like I'm immediately looking at things. And my, my editor, who is my cousin-in-law, I guess, uh, Liz, she, we, we went to a family wedding and she was very proudly telling me, she's like, I had some pain and I remembered what you said in your book to look above and below the joint for sort, you know, and she's like, I did some of the techniques and I feel great. <laughs> and I said, yes, thank you. And she's not a pole dancer and she found value in it. So, so it, the concepts and things are for everyone, which is why there's a tagline. It's helping pole dancers move, you know, and everybody else move better. So, so basically, um, everybody's Christmas shopping is done. They just need to buy a copy of this book for everyone on their list. And you can be done here at end of October, beginning of November. Yeah. Easy, easy. And you, and you have to, you have to not only buy the book, but uh, I'll add one more tip. You have to read it because my, my so we're at this family wedding and my father-in-law was, was talking to another family member about my book and was like, yeah book was really good I got the book and I I looked at it and I was like fun book I know I was like but did you did you do anything did you let's not go crazy I know he's like but I got it I'm like okay we're good <laughs> so actually yeah good start so buy it read it actually try a few things and see if it helps you <laughs> well I love it um I'm taking, I'm going to Ohio this weekend for a, a sem, it's the Swiss seminar and I can't remember what Swiss stands for, but it's basically prehab rehab um, mm. in the strength training world, nutrition, it gets all kinds of stuff. Um, and I'm meeting some of my friends up there and I'm taking this book, uh, the pole anatomy book and strength training for pole because I want to show my friends. I'm like, look, like our sport is, we got cool shit 
happening. We got smart <laughs> people. We've got cool shit. And they're all, they all think from the strength training point of view, which is amazing. And I'm going to have some of them on the podcast, but, um, so now think about how you think about strength training. Now take those same principles and apply it to this sport. So mm-hmm. I, I think a couple of them are going to be like mind blown. Like I need a copy of that book now. I need to read it. I need to <laughs> understand it. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Yay. Sharing knowledge. Sharing knowledge. <laughs> it's going to be two days of uh, mind expanding learning. That's so cool. Oh, so shall we jump into Polcon 2023? Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, for anyone out there that's been under a rock that hasn't seen that you announced where it's going to be, where will we be going in June? So we're calling it a Polcon DMV, which stands for uh, DC, Maryland, and Virginia which is our, our kind of megatropolis <laughs> metro region that exists between uh, the D.C. Beltway, uh, the D.C., the city, and then everything kind of within or without the Beltway region, and then up to Baltimore. So the, um, the actual location is closer to Baltimore. It's, a, it's just south of the BWI airport, so super convenient for folks flying in. It's a southwest hub, um, if you fly southwest. And it's attached to, it's in a casino hotel, a beautiful casino hotel with this, like their whole setup and where we're going to be, where our main stage is, is set up for concert. It's a concert venue. Oh, so cool. it's, I, I went to the stage. I mean, there, there's like backstage, like dressing rooms. <laughs> like there's, there's like, I mean, this, this thing, I walked in and I'm like looking around I'm like, fuck. I'm like, they're going to love this. This is like the most intense kind of stage setup we've ever had. Uh, there's there's like balconies. So we can have people. Uh, so one of the things that people have often, you know, uh, asked for is individual tickets for showcases more than the evening events. And the reason we only had showcases for the evening events is we clear the room and then let people back in. And it's much easier than people than having to have like a bouncer come through the audience and check like every different color of wristband and be like, you're teal. You have to leave. Yellow can stay for the next showcase, but then you have to leave. It was, it was just too complicated. And people who say they're only going to stay for one showcase to see their kid perform or whatever, they get sucked up in the moment. And then you find them three hours later in the vendor area. And you're like, Hey, you know, buy a day pass, please. Uh, so there, there's all of this balcony seating that's a separate entry. So we can sell tickets so that you can just come see your friend perform for $30 instead of investing in a day pass, especially for all of the our, you know, muggle friends who are not going to, you know, not going to come for the whole day. So amazing venue, uh, really cool setup, really cool light sound, all that stuff. And it's attached to a gigantic outlet mall called Arundel Mills. So there's, and by attached, I mean, across the street, like 50 feet, <laughs> like 25 feet, maybe. So even closer than for, for those folks who came to Polcon Denver, we were t- technically just outside of the city of Denver. Uh, and you had to like cross a street to get to like restaurants and shops and things. This is like, it's not even a street and there's tons of restaurants, tons of shops. There's a medieval times that I, I feel like we need to do something with. Yeah. It's on my list. Like 
we need to do something with that. Um, and it's, it's free parking. If you're into casinos, the casino is there. If you're not into casinos, you don't ever have to go into the casino. There's a separate entry for the, for the convention area. So it's going to be, uh, really nice. Hopefully our biggest event ever. Um, yeah. So everybody should come. (laughs) I'm already trying to figure out how to, um, and I work from home so I can take all the time to be there, but my <laughs> helpers in the booth, um, one of them's never been, she's never traveled much. So mm. every time we go, I build in a day so um, she can see wherever, wherever we are. Well, I've already told her to ask for a couple of extra days because <laughs> um, if you're going to be that close to DC, there's, you got to do there's things you have to do there. And then I've never done Baltimore. So there's things you have to do there. And uh, mm. I'm super excited to be there. I think it's just going to be I don't know, overwhelming and exhausting, but. <laughs> yes, it will probably be a little overwhelming and exhausting. And it's a, uh, it's cool. This is the first time. Polcon. So I live in the DC metro area. I've been here for, I don't know, long ass time, 20 plus years now. And it's really exciting for me. And most of my staff is based in the DC metro area that I'm like, we can just drive. Like we could just, like, I've never been able to do that (laughs) before. (laughs) So we're very, we're very excited um, about that. And just that it's such a cool venue. There's some information on Instagram where I, I did some like you know, video so people could kind of see it's, it's hard until you're there to really understand the scope. And when it's empty, it's hard to understand the size, but just to see like, you know, how big this is, the ceiling heights are amazing. All the workshop rooms have wood floors, which I know carpet yeah. can, can be a challenge, especially doing floor work and things. So there's all wood floors. Um, we'll have pole workshops, non-pole workshops. We'll have our free workshop and seminar room. We'll have a room for privates, possibly a room for photos. Oh, you wow. Know, so, that, so that's cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're, uh, Expo will be bringing their aerial playground back. We're not sure the scope because they've got a couple of different sizes of aerial playground uh, in Denver. They had this giant aerial rig. We're hoping we'll be able to get the rig back. Last year, we had a smaller setup that was still fun. So we'll see, but we will definitely have, uh, we'll have that. And we'll have, you know, again, there will be lunch provided for Friday and Saturday uh, during the day and then breakfast uh, on Sunday morning. So, and we're just, you know, very excited. The Royal We, me and the dog are very excited. (laughs) Uh, Just for for you all to see it, because I'm, you know, when I, when I toured, it's just nice that, you know, poll people have different opinions of poll, right? And I would just like us to continue to elevate and be in places where, where we can be really proud and respectful and, you know, and that this is not just like, Oh, poll is expensive to put on. So we're just in some like dingy basement on stage poles. Now I grew up performing on, you know, stage poles and dingy basements. And I fucking love that shit. Like give me a dive bar any day. And I think there is a different vibe when you get to have folks on a professional stage and say, you've been pole dancing a month and you get to be on this stage with, you know, some, somebody that you look up to on Instagram. I think that just keeps giving us more and more 
you know, positive, like we could do and be anything. And I, I think that's that level of empowerment is important, especially since there are so many marginalized groups within poll that maybe don't get that feeling back at, back at their home place, wherever that is. Let's do a shout out. I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit for the showcases because they're open now for people to, um, to send in. Can you recall all of the showcases off the top of your head? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Let's do as many as you can. Um, oh, God, there's like 20 of them now. <laughs> I know. I know. I was just reading the list and because um, I'm trying to decide if I want to uh, write them down. Um, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to write them down. Okay. Because it helps me to write. So there's Parapol for mm-hmm. polars that are differently abled. Um, there's the Sexy Showcase however you want to take sexy. We have um, troops and groups. So that's for, you know, we have a lot of studio groups come and, and do that. Uh, we obviously have black girls poll. That's always a huge um, <laughs> folks love, you know, so love BGP. They, they, Oh my God, they really, it's, it's yeah. That, I mean, that whole organization is amazing. Um, we also have poll comedy. So people who appreciate the um, funny side of poll uh, and then we have creepy. So the kind of other side mm-hmm. people who are, uh, you know, this is your spooky season right now. And in, in Halloween, we also have men of pole, which all genders are welcome in men of pole. We have a queer pole. So however you identify in regards to gender identity, sexuality, etc., then you can, you know, queer pole, we have pole masters, which is folks who are over 40 years old. Um, at uh, which you know that might be the one for me. Yeah, pole masters are are awesome because you know they've just had that much more time to practice. <laughs> so they're just like, oh my god. Um, we have a youth showcase, so kind of the flip side of that is for folks who are under eighteen um, to perform in that. We have a contemporary artistic showcase, so those folks who you know that feel like that is their their vibe. We also have a low flow showcase, um, so that might it might be all floor, it might be floor and pole. We also have a freestyle showcase. So freestyle is uh, you don't know what the music is. <laughs> you you submit music that you would like to dance to, and then our curators would pick a song. So it's just per se you love country music. We wouldn't have you dance to classical. You know what I mean? So that kind of thing. Uh, we also have the Dangerous Curves Showcase, and that showcase uh, is for our uh, plus size. However you define that, we don't gatekeep, right? So if you feel like you are plus and you identify in that showcase, cool, do it. Um, we also have the Aerial Showcase. This at one point was called the Lyra Showcase, and we've renamed it to Aerial to reflect that we've had cubes, we've had moons we've had all sorts of different um devices uh chains we had chains last year that was cool the um, was amazing she was yeah gorgeous. she yeah crystal she's actually curating the showcase this year which is really fun so i'm excited for her to um to do that she's also just got a wealth of information about aerial rigging <laughs> which is so important because <laughs> well, because <laughs> you don't have to have all of the information about aerial rigging. Yes. I mean, we've learned a lot. We've learned, you know, learned a lot, but it's also nice just to make sure we have extra hands to help 
um, with that. We also have uh, power flow. So these tend to be your tricksters, the folks who are, you know, doing some of the big power tricks. We've got uh, up and coming. So up and coming is the only showcase or up and coming stars where you will not share the stage with someone who is quote unquote famous. And I think that's important for people who do not have a lot of performance experience. It can be really um, daunting to say, oh, Ashley Fox just performed. I'm going to go on after her. And you're like, you're like, oh, God, no. Ashley Fox is, is P.S., one of the sweetest people in the world. So no one should be afraid of Ashley because she's so sweet. Um, so up and coming. And then we also have the Sport Showcase. So Sport Showcase was new technically last year, but you couldn't apply to it. We just saw, and this is how also creepy came up is that, um, there was just a lot of people applying who are kind of in that sport. So people who are more focused in like American pole league or USPSF who are looking to promote pole in the Olympics and have a formal judging criteria. So we had them, uh, but now you can apply to that. We also have, uh, the experimental showcase, which debuted a couple years ago. That's for folks who are just, you know, maybe you're not fitting in any box and you think you're, what you're doing is like weird or cool. Or I think of people like Yvonne Smink, who has a lot of really cool movements um, uh, like that. And then our newest showcase, I think that's, oh my God, I think I got them all. Um, and our brand new <laughs> showcase is the Latin Heritage Showcase. Um, so, so Polcon, I like Polcon to be representative of the community. And so I'm always looking at what are kind of the trends, what's happening. And, and that's how I book workshops and that's how I book, um, you know, look at, at the showcases and the Latin community, broadly folks from Central South America and uh, Europe, as well as those of that heritage uh, in the United States or elsewhere they really showed out last year. I mean, we had a huge crew from, from the Caribbean, particularly from, you know, Puerto Rico, um, from the Dominican Republic. And years ago, someone had asked me about the showcase, uh, as, a, as an opportunity. And, uh, and I think now is the right time to, to, to bring, to bring that in. So, um, so Jolene, who, uh, owns a studio in Puerto Rico, it, it helped, me name that asked a polled a bunch of pollers to understand what was the, what was the best name. And then she will be curating that showcase. So the, um, yeah, so, so there's lots of showcases, whether you identify stylistically in some way, or if you identify, uh, more in terms of, of your personal identity, um, you got options, <laughs> you got lots of options. It's, um, Sorry, I put you on the spot, but I like um, for people to hear all the options because sometimes you see it and it doesn't resonate, but then you hear it and you think, oh, I didn't realize there was a, a creepy showcase. Um, maybe I'll, I don't know. I know you don't need more submissions, but uh, <laughs> if we appeal to somebody that's never even considered it, that would make me, that would make me happy. Yeah, everybody should, you know, should come and and even if, even if you've got like a great idea and you're like I'm going to apply and and then maybe you, you you don't get in because there's so many applicants and things. 
now you've at least thought about some really cool thing. And then maybe you can use that at your, your studio or you can use that in another place too. So I think sometimes it's nice to have that like a deadline to get the creative juices going and say, oh, I need a concept. I need an idea. Or, or I've always thought like, I have always toyed with this pole comedy routine for um, weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> for the, some people would be like, what is that? Google it. It was, I mean, the premise was sort of dumb, but it was this like, basically this guy dies and then they drag around this dead body because they can't tell anybody that he died for, for, for like a weekend. And it sounds stupid, but it's so funny. And you have to have so much control of your body to pretend like you're dead, but then execute pole tricks. So, you know, so if you have a cool idea, maybe you get to show it at PoleCon, maybe you get to show it somewhere else. Maybe you get to show it everywhere. Who knows? <laughs> In the first podcast I did, it was with a friend of mine or my best friend in California, and she uses improv games to help people be better public speakers. And so um, we weave a lot of what she does sort of into also what we do in the in poll. And she was amazed. She was like, wait, what's the comedic showcase? Like, how do you do comedic poll? Um, and I was like, you just you just do it. I was like, there was Curious George last year and she was dressed as a monkey and there were bananas and um i, I mean it's it, think it do it like mm -hmm. whatever there are no there are no rules um, mm -hmm. which is the same in improv i mean there are a few rules but but it's basically yeah let's do it and see see what happens mm -hmm. That would be fun to like take like freestyle up a notch and do some like improv poll. That so would I be fun. I have a whole workshop plan. <laughs> okay. Called Improv Your Poll. And I haven't, um, I'm, I'm workshopping my Activate Your Poll workshops um, now virtually and in person to try to get those going. Cause I think that's um, actually, actually useful out in the community. But I've created this Improv Your Poll as well because I'm not great at freestyle and I'm not great at flow. And so I was thinking what could help me. Um, and I have about 10 different games. Uh, so depending cool. on how long you want the workshop to be um, to sort of get people out of their heads and take what they know on pole and just uh, make it work. Um, like, it, like one of the games you pick a song out of a box, just it's got a bunch of random songs. And um, actually, no, you go pick a prop. So you find a prop that you like and you pick the prop and then you go pick a random song out of the box. Mm. And then you put the two together and, you know, we don't, you don't do the whole song, a minute of the song, but you've got two minutes to kind of get your life right. Go to the pole, the song plays, you have to use the prop in some way. <laughs> That's cool. And off you go. So maybe one day I'll be teaching um, that workshop as well. Cause I think it could be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't think anybody's doing it. Do you know of anybody? I didn't steal anybody's idea. No. Well, you know what? And I think there's a lot of like, things are just kind of in the zeitgeist, you know? So I think there's, sometimes I feel like we get a little too concerned about like, I created this move. I'm like, I'm sure somebody else created <laughs> it a million years ago on a stage pole in a dingy basement. You know what I mean? So I know we've done some props and some improv, but it was a couple years ago, like the pole comedian, she's, she's done some things 
at Polcon, uh, which is super fun. And she curates the pole comedy showcase. We're hoping to get her back. She moved to New Zealand a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, pandemic, and yeah. then they couldn't, you know, fly back. So hoping to get her back physically at, at, at Polcon one of these days. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do love the idea of improv and props and, and, and things. And we've had some burlesque, uh, folks who've talked about props and because it's burlesque is a lot about props and how to integrate that into pole too. So. I used, I did a showcase for our studio, um, in October and, used one little bitty prop. It was just a, a picture and at some I rolled over on my back and put my legs up on the pole and I was looking at the picture and it's difficult to figure out where does it need to be so you can grab it but so you don't then how do you get rid of it? Um now it's just a little piece of paper. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Polcon 2018, I think it was contemporary showcase, Pink Puma performed with a piece of paper. And it was kind of this story of like a, like a love note. And she put this piece of paper in like every orifice. It was as she moved, cause Pink Puma does some like pretty intense tricks. And it was amazing to watch her never drop this piece of paper. So Polk on YouTube, search for it, Pink Puma. Okay. Uh, there's, there's, it. There are so many, uh, I, t- I feel like they're like baseball stats where I'm like, Polcon 2015, you know? <laughs> but there's so many cool things. I still haven't even watched all the performances from, from last year oh, wow. because there's so many, I just, there's so many and there's so many amazing performers. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just super cool to see things, the things that people do. Like sometimes I, I help Lake in our photographer with the, with the photos and I look and I'm like, was, was that a piece of bread? Like, what are they, <laughs> like, what, what is that? Was that, or like the dildo, the dildo thing, the strap on, I was like, oh, uh-huh. we had that on stage. Yeah. I didn't know. Like, <laughs> okay. you need like a professional watcher, someone whose job <laughs> For the weekend is just to watch all of the performances and take notes for you. Yeah, notes would help. Notes would help because, like my state, my stage manager Crystal is amazing, and and her assistant stage manager Sunny, like they keep everything running on time, and you know, and then Lakin sees all the shows. So sometimes I hear later, Lakin will be like, "Oh, did you see blah 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 perform?" And I'm like, "Nope." Sure <laughs> totally. <laughs> Checking people in at the registration desk, putting out fires. It's cool. I'll watch them later. Um, so some people, I, I especially folks that I've helped with their routines or like some of my babies, you know, I I have to be like deputize someone at the front desk. I'm like, you watch the front desk. I'll be right back. I have to go watch. So, <laughs> so um, anything anything else on Polcon? Anything that people need to know? Um, buy tickets now. Tickets are available. Tickets are available. Uh, Workshops will not go on sale until February. So we'll have the whole schedule out then. Um, But you can apply now to perform. You can apply to do a paid workshop. You can apply to do a free workshop. All of those applications uh, close mid-January. All the information. I did put in an application for a free workshop. Yay! And it's awesome. I, I want people to apply because there's so many cool things, you know, that people, people do that, you know, that it's impossible for me to know everything. So I'm always fascinated to see stuff. And I, I try to pick workshops 
both paid and free that appeal to a variety. So like there's something for studio owners or something for competitors or something for hobbyists or something for, you know, because, and sometimes we wear lots of hats. Um, but all those applications are, are, are up until January and then everything will go out in February. Uh, boots have taken longer than expected. Um, I've had to go through a couple of exhibitor services companies uh, things are just a little tougher since the pandemic. And it, it's in a lot of ways, it feels like everything's really back to normal, but in the hotel industry, it's really not, it's really not. So things have taken like way longer. It took way longer. People kept thinking like I was doing this for dramatic effect. They're like, announce next year. I'm like, I'm not sure. Sure. <laughs> Like I, I, I cannot keep a secret. Like, do not tell me your secrets. Like I, I just like to like share, you know, so as, as soon as I have booths, they will go on sale. <laughs> there is sponsorship in, uh, information up now on the website. If people are interested in advertising through Polcon, uh, there's information there. I'm always interested if people have something unique where they're like, Hey, I run a unicycle company. Can we do a ride around? Or, I'm just making that up. Unless you have a unicycle company, um, we we had what like one. <laughs> you never know. One year we had a an underwater photography. It wasn't held at Polcon because the hotel wouldn't allow it, but they held it. They found a nearby pool, and then we were able to publicize it as sort of part of the Polcon festivities. Um. So so yeah, there's. I'm up for whatever. So if you do it, <laughs> contact and you think it's at all applicable. Yeah. Email me. I don't, I don't bite. You can message me if you've got questions, you know, I try to put a lot of information in the Polcon blog on the website, uh, you know, and still there you have questions and that's cool. So you can always email me, you know, Colleen at pollconvention.com. Email is always easier than DMS because I lose track of DMS you know, somebody just last night was like, oh, I, I, I messaged you about volunteering. I was like, you messaged me on which account, right. when, about what year, what was your name? What, what was your poll name? What is your real name? Like, right. Email me, <laughs> please. It helps me keep track of things. Um, so we have gone on, I, I knew this was going to be a long episode because again i feel like we've just scratched the surface on on most of it um but we're at uh, one hour and 40 minutes so far so we're gonna wind down um <laughs> knowing that i can always have you back um, yes yes <laughs> so i'm new to the podcast space and most mm -hmm. of the podcasts i listen to they do some sort of fun game at the end as sort of a sign off. And I haven't figured out what my fun game is going to necessarily be. So for the time being, I'm throwing out five questions um, that are kind of fun, kind of silly. So we'll see where they take us. And the first okay. one, I probably know the answer to, but cats or dogs? Uh, both, both. Um, my cat, I had two kitties, um, two brothers for a long time. One of them passed from cancer a couple years ago, which was very traumatic. And then one of them passed from cancer last month, which was even more traumatic because it was completely unexpected. So I'm, I'm actually, um, we're going on Friday to look at some kittens, um, because my heart is breaking. Oh God, I'm going to tear up again. Um, I just, I just, I hear, I hear them like, especially like Connor, 
he was my first kitty. Um, he passed away a few years ago and he was, he was the first kitty of the two, my, my brothers to pass away. And, um, but Murphy, it was so sudden. I, I hear him. I literally hear him coming down the stairs. I hear him meow and it is like driving me crazy. So when I lost my first kitty as an adult Finnegan, there's a theme. I have Irish cats. <laughs> um, this one of my clients and friends at the time, she told me, she says, the best thing that you can do is adopt another kitty and give them the life that you gave. So um, you can't see, but behind me, I have my kitties. I have glass that's infused with their ashes for all of my kitties. And I'm, yes, so it's been very emotional. So cat, I love all the furries. So cats and dogs, two thumbs up. <laughs> um, I feed 38 cats a day. Oh, that's a lot of cats. Two locations. So the house where Ho Apparel is, um, resides, half of it's rented out to a friend and then half of it's the warehouse for Ho Apparel. And in the backyard, we have a cat fence and there are 21 kitties out there that are feral-ish. And then we have five that live in the house and kind of can come and go. And then the house I live in has... I counted 11 because we just had to put one to sleep um, last week. Um, mm. She had FIP. Um, we didn't realize it. A late in life. It So, yes, we 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 have all of the cats. Um, <laughs> and when Ho Apparel gets going a little bit stronger, I will get another dog because I had the greatest pit bull ever. And she passed away in 2018. So, mm. yeah. So if you ever come to Columbia, you can make the tour of all of the cats. Yay. <laughs> I love all the furries. I love them. I love them. I love them. <laughs> and what's the puppy dog's name? Oh, this is Bailey. So continuing with my Irish theme, um, Bailey. Doesn't is- seem at all interested. She, she is my little shadow. She's five. Um, for a long time, my work did not allow me to have a dog because we were just so busy. And, you know, so it was, it's, it's so much easier to travel and things with cats than, than dogs. Um, and, um, so when life started to change about five years ago, a friend came into the studio and she said, Hey, did you want a dog? And I said, Actually, I kind of want a dog now. And I, I thought that it would be my partner's dog, not my dog. But Bailey has turned into my shadow. So as people have probably seen, she's all over in my videos and in my studio. She follows me everywhere. Um, and we're, we're hoping the two new two kitties we get will be more adventure cats and we'll be able to travel with them like we travel with Bailey. So well, that'll be cool. I'll look forward to seeing those kitties. <laughs> and I love Bailey in the videos. Yeah. She's yeah, just she's so cute. Um, so <laughs> what is your favorite pole trick and what is your least favorite pole trick? And it can be that you do or that you see other people do or the teaching, like however you want to take that question. My favorite pole trick is definitely the bird of paradise. That's like my signature move. Um, it was one of those moves and people hate it when I say this, but my body just naturally was okay with and I know it's, it's, it involves a lot of very specific flexibility in terms of that joint laxity, as well as mobility, the strength to come in and safely in and out of that move. Um, 
so yeah, it's a really tough one, but I love that one. It's always a crowd pleaser. You don't see it a lot. So I always like to, I get excited when I see one in the wild. I'm like, ah, the firefighters. And I, I love doing it. Um, uh, my least favorite, um, for a long time, it was the brass monkey because I fell out of it, landed on my face. Um, but I realized that I needed to work through my fear. And so slowly but surely I have, you know, embraced the brass monkey and, you know, now it shows up in things. Um, and, and that's normal. I think people fall in and out of love with tricks, pun intended. Um, like I used to really like the Titanic and it used to be a really go-to move for me. And then I've just had a really hard time sticking it the past few years. So I think it's also normal for that. Things kind of come and go. And, you know, if you don't train something, it might take a while to get back or maybe your body has changed and it's just not in your ministry anymore. And that's okay. Cool. I don't know. I'm going to have to research. I know the bird of paradise, but I have to research the Titanic. Um, it looks like you're just holding on the pole with your butt cheeks, um, popularized by Phoenix Casery. Right. So that's why I don't know it. Cause it's something I am not anywhere close to being able to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coffee, tea, or soda? Oh, coffee. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Black, black coffee. Like coffee doesn't need a menu. It needs a cup. Like it's <laughs> all day. Every- or do you limit yourself? I, I limit myself. I have two cups of coffee in the morning and then I limit unless, you know, I, I'm traveling or I, you know, or I haven't slept or something. And then I might be like, okay, then I need some <laughs> afternoon, you know, pick up, pick me up. So I, I do like a cup of tea sometimes in the afternoon, but I'm, but if I don't have coffee, nothing happens. So <laughs> that is a requirement for life. <laughs> I am with you on that. I don't do either. Um, we have a local bagel shop and I get up in the morning, put my clothes on, drive to the bagel shop, get a big diet Coke, talk with everyone, get in my car and drive home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's your ritual. <laughs> I am I, like the opposite. I shuffle downstairs to my coffee maker that's on an automatic timer and then no one can talk to me until I'm on the second cup. (laughs) Well, they're funny. I have to tell them when I'm out of town because if I don't show up. Oh yeah. They get worried. I'll call the police, right? Like you weren't here. We got worried. So they know my schedule better than my family knows my schedule. (laughs) Um, What's your favorite all time song to dance to? You know, the one that I've definitely danced to the most that I will like always freestyle or when you're like, I need a freestyle to this is, um, uh, the four non-blondes. What's up? Mm-hmm. It's the greatest that song ever. I will, I will always dance to that. And I, so I work, I work very closely with Jenny Janover from liquid motion and Jenny, Jenny is like, if you've ever met Jenny, she like oozes sex. Like that's really just sort of her thing and sensual movement and, but also sexy movement. And she always like makes fun of my song choices and stuff because she's always like, she's like, what is this? Like, you can't dance to this. And we were, we were, we were doing, we were doing the pole manual. So I'm, I'm also physically in the liquid motion pole manual. I was part of the shoot for that. And she wanted everybody to freestyle so we could get some, you know, good marketing pictures. And I was really self-conscious because, I mean, first of all, Jenny 
looks like she's been carved out of marble, right? She's got an amazing, you know, body. She's also a really nice human being. So I was like all tied up in knots the whole time, like being like, I, I am going to be in this manual with Jenny, like, oh my God, imposter syndrome. And then she was like freestyle. And I was like, I need something I can authentically dance to. I don't want to piss Jenny off <laughs> with some music that she's talking about. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I know I can always dance the song. And I just put it on. And she was just afterwards, she was like, oh my God, that was so beautiful. So I was like, thank you, Jenny. Do you have that out there anywhere? Because I love that song so much. And I would love to see you dancing to it. No, I was posting freestyles for a bit because I, I don't like to freestyle. So I made it during the pandemic. I started saying I have to do one freestyle a week. And now I like to freestyle. At first it was so hard. And now that I made myself do it, I really miss it when I don't get to freestyle and I don't get those emotions out and stuff. So um, I'll have to see. I'll have to see if I if I have that one. But I, I'm very stuck in the 90s for my my music. So I'm I, I just performed at, at our Halloween show and I did a very, uh, now I can dance a little sexy. I can kind of get out of my comedy persona and I danced to the Queen of the Damned soundtrack, one of the songs from that. And this, this woman afterward was like, oh my God, you were giving me 90s stripper vibes. And I'm like, cause I can only give 90s vibes. Right, that's, that's, it. that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Um, my go-to is TLC's Red Light Special. Oh yeah, sexy enough to pull that song off, but it it's the only one that like can make me kind of feel like I can go there. Um, yes, it's long though; it's longer than. Mm-hmm. I'm I've been playing around with the idea for Ho Apparel social media doing a freestyle Friday. Um, oh, cool! But I haven't gotten up the nerve. Like I'm gonna have to do it before I can actually try to make it a thing and get other people to participate with me. But this idea came to me about three months ago and I've yet to start because I'm so bad at freestyle. Um, (laughs) I'm thinking maybe December um, challenge myself. Um, Just put on a song. What I'm thinking of is that you just shuffle. So just Mm -hmm. shuffle my Amazon, whatever comes up and I, got all kinds of crap you just dance to it and then you're done mm-hmm. kind of get used to it so it gets easier friday we'll make that a thing yeah no i'm down i'm down that sounds awesome <laughs> and then my the last question and um i didn't know that this was a debate but apparently it is briefs bikinis or thongs <laughs> Uh, I, pr- I prefer thong. I, I wear thong underwear. Um, I know somebody was asking me about shorts. So I wear a lot of shorts for my friend, uh, Yaddy Maddie. Um, she makes uh, shorts. So I almost always wear her shorts in my videos and someone was asking me about them and she, she was like, Oh, well, I don't wear any underwear. And I was like, well, no, I, I always wear underwear. I'm going to, I'm going to double bag it just in case. Like, yes, a, that is my rule. There always be <laughs> two layers between you and the world. Just, just, just in case. Too just much can happen. Too much can happen. And I am, you know, and it's pole dancing. So sometimes like inevitably you're like, oh, that's a part of my body that I wasn't expecting to yeah. arrive in class today, but you're here welcome. Okay, well, Here it is. We'll just, just move on, you know? And I, I feel like it's sort of when that happens with, you know, with like my kids in class, I think it's like 
like when toddlers fall down, like they fall down and then they look at the adult. They're like, should I be, should I be upset? And if you don't make a big deal, if the toddler is not actually hurt, they just get up and keep running. So if somebody starts their period unexpectedly, or if parts of their anatomy start popping out, if you don't make a big deal about it, nobody makes a big deal about it. Just be like, Hey, you know, booby fell out or like, I can see one of your balls. Like, cool. Just like put them back in. Let's keep going. You know? So my, yeah. um, my, uh, friend Taylor that, um, works for us through Ho Apparel. She said all the pole cons. She did a, the last showcase with me at our studio and she had a booby pop out and, um, she was really self-conscious for like a short amount of time. And then I was like, Hey, you just gave everybody a free show, right? Like they didn't have to pay for that. Like this time <laughs> got so much better. And, and she was like, Oh, that's a good way to, to think about it. Yeah. And again, no harm to you benefit to the audience. So that's right. Just next time, make them pay. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, that's right. <laughs> all good. Um, Colleen, thank you for, uh, for giving me such a large chunk of your time when I know that you are super busy. Um, but I know everybody's going to love this conversation. It was, it was amazing. Do you want to tell people where they can find you all of your places? Sure. Um, all of my places. So Instagram, I'm, uh, at Colleen Jolly. You can find out more about me at ColleenJolly.com. If you just Google Colleen Jolly, I own like the first two pages of Google. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, I'm super proud of that. <laughs> you should <laughs> I be. Realized that the other day. <laughs> just, it's me. Uh, Colleen Jolly is my actual legal government name. I was born Jolly. Um, you can also check out Polcon at polconvention.com or on Instagram. We are Intel, I-N-T-L, polconvention.com or just search, uh, Pol convention. just search for Polcon. It comes right up. Uh, similar, you can Google the Polcon and comes right up. You can also check out the IPIA if you are a business poll person or thinking about becoming one at pollassociation.org. There's a lot of free resources for folks. And then there are some pay for resources as well as discounts to places like uh, Xpoll, Expert. So if you're looking to be trained, if you're looking to open a studio, there's a lot of really relevant discounts for those kinds of folks. Uh, there's information. We have a financial advisor who specializes in folks who have unusual income. Uh, he used to be in the casino world. So he is very familiar with people who go home with lots of cash and need to figure out how to make retirement plans. <laughs> so for my stripper sex worker folks out there. Um, so yeah, lots of places to, to find me uh, and my dog uh, all over the place. So yeah. And then other than Ho Apparel, where can they find the book? Case they don't want to shop uh, with me and they want to shop with you. Sure, shop, shop wherever you want to shop. Right, um, just just buy the book and read it and then implement it. Uh, my website. So if you check out ColleenJolly.com backslash Mobility Matters takes you to all my mobility focused stuff. The ColleenJolly.com you can learn more about my uh, all all my stuff, my previous career as a corporate human, my um, marketing work, and and then also my fitness based stuff, including pole dancing. So lot of lot of stuff on the internet about me. So they're gonna want to take a good day and just research all of that. <laughs> if you want to, there's like, you know, honestly, I just needed one place to put everything. So I have like 
all my lists of like all my performances, all my competitions. If you want to book me for a workshop, like I just did workshops when I was in Utah for this family wedding. You know, I have all my workshops listed up there. Uh, if you're curious of what random awards I won in the pole industry, I figure it's just better that I have everything in one place, you know, so that I can remember because sometimes it's nice to look back and say like, good job. Like who did a good job? And, and that is something I personally struggle with. And maybe you all do too, to re remember you're all badasses with great asses. Badasses with great asses. <laughs> well, I love that you have everything in one place because it does, it makes it super easy, um, especially because you have so much going on. I wasn't joking when I said spend a day because what you offer and what you are part of is also important. Um, I can assume it takes people down the, got to go down all the different rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of stuff. I try, I try to be an open book. I try to be an open book and share, you know, share the good, the bad, um, you know, all, all those sorts of things. I've written about some of my personal trauma uh, on my personal blog, my experience with EMDR therapy, my experience with some, uh, with my accident uh, and with some sexual trauma that I've had. So in the hopes that it helps other people. So I, I try to be an open book for those stories that are mine to tell. So uh, where my life intersects with other people's, Maybe those stories are not mine to put on the internet, <laughs> but where they they are uh, mine, I, I like to try to share to help if I, if I can. Well, I I appreciate that. I appreciate you. I appreciate all that you do, um, and I thank you so much for being willing to take a chance on this brand new uh, podcast <laughs> on my Hocast and and coming on and sharing everything about you. Uh, so thank you. Hey. Well, thank you so much. This was so nice chatting and you've been a big supporter of Polcon and, and of, of me and my book. And we just haven't had a chance to chat because we're both so damn busy. Always so busy. Yes. I was looking forward to this. <laughs> I feel like I know you, but I know you was, you're, you're always running by um, at Polcon busy and I never want to interrupt. So, <laughs> so this was lovely. Yeah. And I'm sort of seeing maybe in the distant future, we may do this sort of activate your poll mobility for poll mashup one day. So Ooh, uh, that would be cool. Once I get my shit together and I have a, a product, a good product, I might come to you and see if we can make that happen. Awesome. Yay. I am excited to learn more. Perfect. Well, <laughs> here go about your Tuesday and have a wonderful day. And, um, and thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining the first episode of the HoCast. If you are interested in seeing what my little company Ho Apparel is all about, you can check us out at www.hoapparel.com. That is Ho spelled H-E-A-U-X-X-X apparel.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at ho, H-E-A-U-X underscore apparel, A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Or on Facebook at ho apparel, again, with just one X. So there's three X's in our website, only one X in our social media platforms. Or you can reach out to us by email at hoapparel3x's at gmail.com. Uh, see you next time.